As a studio owner, you are passionate about movement, health, and transforming lives through the movement practice that you share with your clients. But to make that passion sustainable, you must also be financially savvy. The choices that you make regarding pricing and investments and budgeting really does directly influence your studio's ability to scale and thrive. It's not just about revenue, it's about creating a business that supports your dreams and helps you make a lasting impact in your community. In today's episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, and we are going to explore the importance of financial well-being for studio owners. We'll discuss how a healthy financial mindset can lead to more informed and confident and strategic decision-making in your studio business. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pilates Business Podcast, where I'm going to be diving into some strategies around the financial wellness of your studio. Now, financial well-being isn't just about crunching more numbers and balancing budgets. It's also about understanding the financial landscape in your business and the profound impact it can have on your decision-making, both consciously and unconsciously. Yes, your relationship with money and your money mindset plays a crucial role in the journey of your studio's growth. Now, because of how important I think this topic really is, and having worked with hundreds of studio owners around the world, this comes up eventually for everyone. So I invited Nina Israel onto the show. Nina is the money whisperer. She is also the founder of Taryn Financial and has been working with small business owners and entrepreneurs for over 25 years to better manage their cash flow, improve efficiencies, and increase financial wellness. Today, Nina works with Boutique Fitness Studios, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Nina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So a few weeks ago, Nina came into my Thrive group coaching call and we talked all about money with all of the members inside. And there were so many light bulb aha moments that came up for the members inside that they said to me, Saran, we need to have Nina come back and do more of this with us and have more of these conversations. And so I thought, you know what, this is probably a conversation we need to have on a larger scale. Um, And so I'm so glad that you've agreed to come on the podcast and share a little bit more about all of your insights and knowledge with us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Where should we start? So where should we start? Well, so tell me this. So you've been doing this a long time, right? And, you know, when you people come to you um, and they find you and they say, Nina, you're the person I want to work with, knowing what they know about you. What is it that they're looking for typically when they find you, would you say? I would say the first thing they're coming to me about would be uh, cash. 
It's about their cash flow. And that's what they're asking about. Okay. And give me some examples or specifics about what that would might look like for someone. That would be, I don't, uh, I don't know how to manage my money. I don't know where I stand with my money. Um, I don't know what I should be looking for. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm scared. I'm intimidated and I'm ashamed because as a business owner, shouldn't I know this? And my answer is, no, no, of course you shouldn't know this. No, no. Hello. Only 26 states even teach about finance in school. And when they do, it's about personal finance. I didn't learn about money in school. Did you? No, no. no. So how are you supposed to know this? Did you come out of the womb knowing how to cook? No, you learn it. You, you learn, learn it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when people find you and they're, they're coming to you and they're talking about cash flow, um, are they saying that they don't have the cash flow in their business? Are they seeing them? Are they aware of how that works? Is it that they're not generating enough revenue? What is it that they are? Are they looking at their bank balance and thinking like, oh my goodness, I need to do something about this? That's exactly it. They are using okay. their bank balance to manage their cash flow. And that's is it's it's too much of a vacuum. It's one moment in time. It does not give you the oversight that you need as the CEO of your business. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. So tell me this. So when you have someone come to you and they say, you know, I'm really worried about my cash flow, or I have been, my bank balance is, is, is negative or whatever that might look like for them. Where do you begin to help them to perhaps get out of that place and into a place where they feel like they have control and they have, um, they're, they're knowledgeable and they feel um, like this is no longer a problem for them. So the first thing we do is we laugh. We laugh and laugh because this is far too serious a topic and it's so scary for so many people and it doesn't have to be. Money does not have to be hard. Finance can be fun and I will prove it to the world. I will. And the thing is, financial wellness is so essential and we don't recognize this. So that's the first thing we do. We laugh and we say, and I say, I've got you. Because the way I describe it is sort of like I'm financial fungus. You're not getting rid of me. Like once you've got me, you've not, you're just not getting rid of me. So we look at the whole picture. We take a step back and there is a proven system that we look at. And essentially when, when, when we're only focusing on the cash, we just need to, we need to fix it. We need to take that step back and look at that big picture. Right. And then we dive in because there's certain steps that you follow in your business to achieve financial wellness, and we move from financial wellness to financial wellness, and um, and we just take it one step at a time. Awesome. All right. So it does get it can it is possible to be able to run your business and actually enjoy looking at the numbers. Oh my gosh, my people! Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's, I think that is one of the biggest, you know, I, you know, uh, my experience has been, and we, I talk numbers all the time with my studio owners. I mean, in fact, that's where we start. You know, you can't build a business without knowing your numbers and scale a business without knowing your numbers. And so I focus with about on this a lot with all of my studio owners inside of my programs. 
you know, and they know their profit margins and they know their projections and they track the KPIs. They do all of these things, right? But the very first time someone comes into my programs and says to me, and I say to them, okay, the first thing we're going to do is take a look at your numbers. I would say nine times out of 10, the reaction I get is like, oh my goodness, I hate numbers. Who can someone else? I can't, I can't look at it. Someone else needs to do this for me. And they, they, they can't, they can't because at some point, the numbers in your business are going to kick you in the butt. So it's just a question of you getting behind those. So they're not behind you, kicking you in the butt. So this is where the first thing, the first step is always money mindset. Always. It has to be because we have a relationship with money and it's one of the oldest relationships in our life starts when we're about five years old. And yes, you will hear that it comes from your parents and the way your parents were raised or the way they spoke about money. And yes, there is a lot of generational crap that goes into that, but it's so much more than that. Because if you look at circumstances that happen to us as we're growing up, brothers and sisters, siblings don't necessarily have the same relationship when it comes to money. So what happens is it's all these different things that have to do with when you graduated, how easy it was to get a job, just just different events, these different events that happen in your life, life events that affect your relationship with money. So because of that, we have to look at it, we have to respect it, and we have to understand it. And once we understand it, then we work with it. Because people who save, 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 that's not necessarily healthy. And, you know, people who use money, who use their their net worth to dictate their personal worth, that's not healthy. So we work, we work through this. And the thing is, your relationship with money is your relationship with money. It's not good. It's not bad. It's unique. That's the thing. So no one else on the planet has lived your life and every single moment and has the exact same relationship with money as you. And that's why it's so hard because we don't share this with anyone else on the planet. Now you throw in money is one of those taboo subjects to talk about. Are you kidding me? No, we have to be able to talk about it. We have to. You know, this is money is energy. Money is energy. It, it is it is a unit of measurement that was established because I wanted to buy a clock. You wanted to sell me a clock. So we had to figure out a way to evaluate what that clock was worth. That's it. You know, being aware of that relationship and recognizing perhaps that, you know, you and people around you have different relationships with money and it means different things to different people can help actually i think you understand why people behave the way they are in certain scenarios and perhaps the way that way why you have that reaction maybe when someone says oh let's have a look at your numbers right and it doesn't matter why that happened to you it doesn't matter we're not here to place blame on anyone else in the past right what we're here to do is say okay well we know that we're in a situation right now where um, you know, we kind of have this resistance in some way, shape or form to numbers and what that means or to money and what that represents for us. And so it's about getting to a place where that relationship doesn't stop you from growing and building and scaling your business. 
Exactly. And I think that's the goal, right? The goal is to say, okay, well, we are, we're at, we're at, we are where we are, but what can we do with, what can we work on? How can we perhaps shift some thoughts we're having and perhaps open us up and perhaps free us from some of these um, thoughts? And we didn't maybe even know we were thinking and then help that then sort of feeds into this next perhaps phase of growth that might happen for you. The way I put it is that relationship with money is a thousand percent not your fault. You had nothing to do with what got you here with that relationship with money. However, once you're aware of it, well, now we can fix it. Just because it's not your fault doesn't mean you can't be the one to fix it. So now let's fix it. Can we just, can you just take a second and share with us perhaps some of the, an example or two or three of, you know, specifics of different types of relationships that you've seen? I mean, I know I've seen certain, certain things like I've seen, I've seen some folks resent their clients for having money that they don't have. I've seen some folks have a reluctance to um, raise their prices because they think what they offer is already too expensive, right? Are these things that you see also and or what other examples do you see? Absolutely. So for example, with the person I I worked with someone where uh, she had difficulty raising her prices, she was training other people sharing her skill set, watching them charge higher prices than she was. And she could not bring herself to raise her prices. And what we found when we dove into it is that as a child, she constantly heard how there was no money, that they couldn't afford this, and that the money wasn't there. So as an adult, she now grew up. And what she heard was, I'm not worth it. There's no money for me. There's we can't we can't afford it. Anything she wanted as a kid, we couldn't afford it. It's this scarcity mindset. So that translated into her not being able to 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 raise her prices. I've had other studio owners where they have trouble raising their prices, and when we dive into it, they grew up in a house where you could not talk about money. We did not talk about money. Well, how the heck are you supposed to have a pricing conversation if your background you've you've never had a conversation about money? So we start talking about money, and we start having those conversations. One that I see a lot is. This is the, 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 I, it's, um, the people who, um, you just described, they come to you and they don't even want to look at their numbers. They are the avoiders. They are like, I'd rather put my head in the sand than look at my numbers. I'd rather do anything else. And for that group, what we've, what, what we'll do is we create the money ritual and it is grabbing a beverage of choice and sitting down on a weekly basis, putting the music on and knowing what you are looking for, knowing how to do it. Like that's the thing, knowing what you're looking for, how to do it, how long it takes. And it, it, it all of a sudden you have this control and you're empowered by your numbers because your numbers aren't who you are as a person. Like, like, okay, I have a question for you. How tall are you? What does that say about you as a person? Average. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It doesn't say anything no, about nothing. your heart or how nothing. good you are. Five foot four, that's a metric. That's a KPI. Your height is a KPI, right? So once we know that these are just metrics, these are just measurements, it's a ruler. We don't get angry at a ruler. That's it. Then we just enjoy this ritual 
and we create the money habit. And then there's no reason to avoid. Right. I think once you are able to free yourself from the emotional ties that you have to numbers, that's when you can start to actually enjoy looking at them and seeing what that means for your business. But I think for as long as you are tying a tying your character or your success or who you are on a personal level to a number, you'll forever be tied to it. It'll be like a ball and chain to that, right? And you are never going to be free of it. But it it takes and it takes work to get through these sort of think through. And it's a it's a change really in probably a lifelong habit of thinking that certain way. And so when you're making these shifts from a mindset perspective, just like anything that you're changing or looking to change, it's about doing this very consistently and habit and creating it this habit around how you're thinking and catching yourself perhaps when you see when you're thinking a certain way or when you catch yourself or you're thinking about you know, or you're resisting doing something and you kind of see these habits and how they might be keeping you stuck and then taking that, making that effort. And it is effort, right? But over time it gets easier and those habits get easier and you become, you get to a place where you are free of those thoughts that might have been keeping you stuck. And all of a sudden it actually becomes fun, right? It actually becomes enjoyable. And that's, I'll say it really is it does take a bit of time and it does take effort. But I tell you, when I see, and I'm sure you see too, studio owners go from having this sort of resistance to numbers or resistance to KPIs or resistance to you know tracking their data or looking at data. And then when they find that, when they switch, they all of a sudden, everything in their business becomes lighter and they find it more, it becomes kind of like a game versus like this, like heaviness. It's sort of like, exactly. oh, well, let's see if I can, let's see if I can cut these expenses. Let's see if I can raise this revenue. I wonder what I can do to do that versus, exactly. oh my goodness, it's just, it, it's overwhelming and, and feels heavy. Oh, oh, I went from someone, I had one client who came to me and said, I don't know anything. I don't look, I don't like like once we dove into it, she was shocked at her payroll. That's how little she looked at her numbers. To I get I get into a meeting and she sits down and she's like, okay, so I did the analysis of this such and such and such an account. And I looked at the variance. I thought I was talking to like a CPA. I was like, <laughs> oh, who are you? And it was beautiful because it was this empowerment. It is this empowerment. And now it's it's her coming to me, telling me what the numbers are saying, her saying what, what needs to be done. It is, numbers are power. They really are in your business. They yeah. really, really are. They really, really do give you power. What you were saying with it being a journey and taking time, absolutely, because we're talking about financial wellness. And there's three areas of that. There is the emotion of money. There is the psychology of money. And we spoke about that, you know, and then there's, then there's the practicality of money. And if you just come in and start trying to tackle the practicality of money without looking at the other two, you're going to hit these limiting beliefs, these roadblocks, right? And the thing is, once you come, you, and let's say you do work through the emotion and the psychology part. Okay. Now you got to learn the practicality part. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't. Right. Absolutely. So tell us once you kind of, we've kind of laughed, we've gotten through some of the mindset. Okay. And now we're talking about the practicality. So tell us a little bit about when you're looking at, you know, the financial wellness 
of a company, of a small business, what is it that you're looking at specifically? So when we are starting to look at the practicality part, we are looking at cash, we are looking at financial statements, we are looking at KPIs or key performance indicators, and we are looking at budgeting and forecasting. We are looking at that, those four areas and we are looking at them in a very specific order because a lot of times uh, studio owners will come to me and they will say, I need a budget. Yes, absolutely. You need a budget. But if you don't have the cash, the financials and the KPIs all lined up and a solid understanding, your budget is a bunch of numbers on a spreadsheet that mean nothing. Mean nothing. And can get you into trouble if you if it's not reflective of your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can, we can budget for, <laughs> for 100 new clients in January. But if you have two clients on December 31st and no plan, that's not a budget. That's, that's a wish. And that's the thing. That is, that is a budget is simply what you hope will happen. You know, a forecast. Now that is when you are sitting there saying, this is what I believe will happen based on what I know right now. So a lot of my clients, we are doing forecasts versus Mm -hmm. budgets. Yeah. And, you know, I get a lot of folks coming to me and they say things like, um, you know, I don't know how much money I should spend on marketing. How much money should I spend on marketing? It's a question I get uh, off very often, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you often from studio owners that I've never met and don't know their business at all. And they'll come to me and say, Oh, what do, what do I, you know, I'll do a, a Q and a or something like that. And, or people will email me and they'll say, you know, what should I spend on marketing? And, you know, I can, I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know because I don't know what your what your KPIs look like. I don't know what your financial statements look like. I don't know what your cash looks like, right? I don't know what your plans are. I don't know what your growth plan is. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what your resources are, right? And so we always think, sometimes we think about these things, I think, as like they are in a vacuum and they're really not in a vacuum at all. They are, all of this is kind of part of that business success ecosystem, and you can't pull one thing out and be like, oh, I think I, how much did I spend on my marketing without being aware of your KPIs or being aware of, you know, what that spend might get you and return to you? What does the return on your investment look like? You know, there's a lot of things that go into that answer that I think it's, I wish there was like one simple, quick fix, right? Like one quick formula or some one quick number that I could be like, oh yeah, there's, this is how much you just spend on your marketing with. It's not that simple, right? It isn't. It isn't because you bring up a good point is the first step is clarity. And clarity is number one. Clarity is your goal because I will have studio owners come to me and they'll be like, well, um, should I spend money on this? I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, if I had a dollar for every time I have to say the word depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would never have to work again because it, that's the whole thing. It depends, right? Because someone who is trying to sell their studio in a year versus someone who is trying to maximize profitability, very different goals. You know, someone who is trying to save money on taxes, decrease their tax liability, very different goals. So we need clarity. Yes, absolutely. Because the goal is going to dictate 
the rest of the path. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you are seeing right now in, in the in the studio owners with the studios that you're working with. And, you know, we're obviously, I think it's safe to say that we've firmly put obviously the pandemic behind us. I know if I'm seeing a lot of studios really being able to grow and scale quite significantly. And I'm seeing a lot of folks expanding and adding locations. Um, are you seeing something similar? If yes, what does that look like? And what does that mean for, for the clients that you're working with? And if if not, if you're, what are you seeing amongst other folks who perhaps aren't getting the, or reaching the, the potential of their business? I am, I am with you in seeing a lot of people getting back up, if not exceeding 2019 numbers, which has been really, really, really nice. Um, a lot of times the studio owners that I am seeing are um, more stressed and scared and not necessarily expanding. Um the ones I do see, I do see a couple of them coming with expansions because they'll come to me to say, how do I know if I can afford it? Which, yay, thank you for doing that versus the ones who show up and say, I just opened my second location and I'm struggling. You know, it's being very proactive. Um, what I see with a lot of studio owners, and I don't know if it's because I am so money focused, is... I am seeing studio owners come where they might have numbers, but they don't know what to do with them. Um, so they, they, they don't know. Um, they, they don't know. They think that they're where they were. They think they're doing better, but they don't know. But definitely as, as, a, as the industry as a whole, I am definitely seeing a lot of, Unfortunately, we we lost some studios, so I see some of the studios picking up some of those. Um, but it's it's nice because the studios that do not enjoy doing online classes are now getting rid of that oh, yeah. and and yes. and going full in in person, yes. which has been lovely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, this was a really wonderful conversation, Nina, and so eye opening to hear your the context behind what you look for when you are working with your studio owners and with your businesses that you work with. And I think, you know, like you said, the, you know, working through that money mindset part of it, and then going into those, the, the financial statements, the budgeting, the forecasting, um, and the, the cash flow and the KPIs, you know, that all comes actually kind of often second to working on the way that you think about numbers and money, um, and it's quite hard to kind of, we often want to go to the end of the path first, um, you know, and, and get that budget number, what have you, but it's, we, there's a kind of a process that, that kind of precedes that, that will really just help you to grow long-term, right. Yes. And yes. give you the skills and the tools that you need to be able to go out and not just perhaps grow your business this year, but perhaps grow your business every year going forward. Right. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much. I really appreciate thank you coming you. on and sharing all that with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Do you want to share a little bit about where people can find you and learn more from you and about what you do? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can always go to my website and it is Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N, 
financial.com. I will save the story of why it is called that. If my name is Nina for another time, <laughs> um, you can reach out to me, Nina at TarynFinancial.com. I'm on uh, Instagram at Nina Money Gal. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm actually the original Nina Israel on LinkedIn. Woo! Um, and yeah, just, um, but be careful. Remember, I'm financial fungus. So once you find me, I don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nina. I really appreciate it again. I really appreciate it. Oh, I do on. too. Thank you. This was so much fun. And I so love what you are doing for the industry. And I love your community. You have oh. just done a beautiful job with Thank Thrive. You. Thank you. Yes, I love everyone inside. They're a great group. Great group. Appreciate it. So thank you guys for listening in. I hope this is helpful to you as you go about building your boutique fitness business. And if you want to learn more from Nina, I will add to all of her details into the show notes. Don't forget, our goal here at Spring 3 is to help you build a successful, well-rounded and sustainable studio business. And that really does include understanding and mastering your financials and your money mindset also. Um, if you loved what you heard today, please go to wherever you listen to this and rate and review this podcast. It would mean so much to me and help to share what we talked about today with other folks in the industry, with your colleagues and with your peers, um, so that they too can feel just as encouraged and supported in their journey as you do. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day.